Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to show number 285. Uh, I'm Jo Moffitt, and I'm hosting today's show, and our guest is Lara Morgan. And just before we came on air, we were talking about her first appearance on one of our really, really early shows, which was probably around about show number nine. Um, I think we've been going now just over six years. So, um, you know, it's been a good, a good while. So I'm delighted to welcome <laughs> Lara back. Um, Lara's really coming at, at, at this um, from, from, from two perspectives. One, um, I'm keen to talk to her because she's been very much a, a, a supporter and a, a key um, member of the Engage with Success team over over the years, really since the, the very, very early days. And I, I just want to sort of touch on, on that story a little bit. But also, more importantly, um, to talk about the topic today, which is really the importance of motivating and engaging your people and the, the importance of well-being and mental health um, to actually help to, to deliver that and to raise retention among staff and, and general performance. Um, and of course, from a, from a commercial and business perspective, um, the bottom line uh, profitability and sort of KPIs that will accrue as a result. So lots to talk about, both from an engagement success and a and a professional perspective, and hopefully some really interesting insights and, um, and practical experience to share. So welcome to the show, Lara. Thank you very much. Pleased to be here. Good. It's good to have you. And, and yeah, as we were saying before, um, you've, been a, you've been a guest on the show before, um, way, way back. Do you know we're now booking our shows a, a year in advance? So back in the, at the beginning, we were sort of scrabbling around and saying, can we get someone? Can you come and join us? Can you join us? And we would sort of think, oh, who have we got next week? Now we've got we've got the show's booked until January 2020, um, which Wicked. is which is great, um, really really yeah. great, and a real you know and a real endorsement I think of the uh, hopefully the value that people find from them. So thank you for joining us, and I think um, thank you very much for joining us from the US where you are at the moment. Is that is that business or is that pleasure? Yes, it's business. I mean, I, interesting how life has changed. I always combine business with pleasure now, whereas in the old days, in my first enterprise business, it was tearing from one city, town, country to another, but um, I've learned a lot of tricks of the trade around looking after myself in terms of being a, I guess, somewhat more aged and more experienced, mature executive <laughs> and, and having a bit more freedom, so mm-hmm. intelligence mm-hmm. And, around and I treat, how I treat myself. So, so practicing what you preach then? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, you can't. I have a brand called Centered, which has, you know, this strap line about restoring lifestyle balance, and I laugh because, you know, I'm a bit of a fitness junkie, but I also intend to get squeeze every minute out of my day. I want to see people learn and grow. I'm still a mother of three with a 14-year-old at the youngest, so, you know, right. it's a full life. But it's it's about for me. It's, it's I've learned so much around planning to do the best that I can do, and then using some of the tools and the stuff. It's not always perfect. We failed in some areas when we're thinking about, you know, people being at the heart of a business. What works for one person doesn't always work for everybody. You cannot cookie cutter or, frankly, template the social, you know, the corporate social responsibility approach in a business. No, no, absolutely. And I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your, your insights and that and, and some 
experiences from from the various organisations you work with, which have, which have got to range from the from the big global to the to the SMEs and, and your own businesses, of which you've you've mentioned one there. So, but but before we do that, just tell us a little bit about how how did you and Engage with Success come together, Lara? So actually, I was I mean I because I frankly was extremely lucky to start a business at the age of 23. I was thought of the first idiot that arrived in the room in 1991, <laughs> which somewhat ages me, but it, it tells you that this somewhat child, uneducated school needed to very quickly be, I think, totally self-aware about my own inadequacies. And, and that's a huge advantage, you know, no university education started my first business. And then two years in, I'm starting to employ people and I'm very, very conscious of my own inadequacies and my inabilities. And and frankly, you know, cap in hand, not quite begging people to join, but thinking it would be a miracle if anybody would want to work with and for me. So always wanting to employ the very best, but also understanding that I'm a salesperson by trade and I didn't need more salespeople. I needed other people to do the operational and the admin things. And no one person is the same. So, mm. you know, learning to work with the different mindsets, the different habits, the different work approaches, which ultimately build a great business because all of those different skill sets accumulate to being the fast, you know, I think we were the 57th fastest growing independent company in Britain, you know, and, and that's because we work relentlessly to have great people doing great things but also and I think this is very you know importantly honest pushing people pulling people encouraging people uh, influencing people and, and, and not necessarily dragging kicking and screaming to the learning table but just having a you know constant culture of what we call um, progressive and, and constant change but only only for the positive you know and so if you can build that culture into everybody and everything we recruited with a flexible attitude that enables people to work hard and live well, then actually we had low retention. We had, frankly, a deeply enjoyable workplace, and I miss that family of my first business greatly. And did you, did you learn the hard way, Lara, from experience? That, you know, did, you, did, you, did you make mistakes and think, oh, Blimey, you know, I need to. I won't do it that way again. Or, or were you, were you, were you lucky enough to have people that were around you who could kind of point you in the right direction? So, Joe, very honestly, I was probably luckier than anyone I've ever met in terms of <laughs> having my mother's skill set because my mother always taught my brother and I to put people first, and it didn't matter whether you were the bin man or the, you know, chief executive or someone that played golf at the golf club in my childhood. It was everybody had something to offer and everybody's different. So mm. my first recruit, Rachel, came from the hockey pitch. It wasn't a traditional recruitment route and I know nothing, knew nothing about recruitment then. My second right. employee came from the same bloody hockey club. Um, <laughs> but she was a she was a mum desperately lacking in confidence who was actually a PhD in town planning. And so I just was terrified of Margaret because she was so qualified and so bright and so scary and so perfectly operational that you know, we sort of gelled in, in my belief that she was going to do a great job and in my knowledge that I didn't like doing the operational job and wasn't particularly good at it. And then, candidly, Carol, who came next, was the bookkeeper. And again, that was me handing over the finance. But, you know, 
I think Paramount, Carol is still in that business. Margaret left after 17 years like I did. Mm-hmm. And Rachel lasted 11. So, you know, I, I feel deeply blessed to have been able to work with these three unbelievably able characters in their different flavors and different roles. But along the way, you know, rubbing along and, and, and working out how to build the business in a very open, you know, way where every, and this is very important, I think, hopefully to those that are listening, but everybody has an equal voice. And most certainly recognizing my voice wasn't the only answer is really critical in leadership. Yes, yes. Absolutely. A degree of humility is, is really key. Isn't in my it, case, actually? easily, because, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, but not just, um, not just humility, a real self-awareness that together mm. we build, and you can't build without having various skills and you know I know what I'm good at and I know there's a lot more that I'm not very good at so um, you know that flexibility the other thing I think and you know this is a personal bias but and you notice it goes Rachel Margaret Carol that's three women and yes I'll never know whether I did that mainly because I'm Scottish and mean and wanted to have you know part-time workers and I was terrified initially of employing full-time workers and but also because I found, you know, unbelievable competency in women that were juggling small children, um, able to have flexibility at work was my card. You know, it was my absolute trump card that mm. I really don't care where you work. I trust you mm. to do a good job. And I engage you to be, you know, on the front for always learning, always challenging and doing better for what we can do. And... I mean, ultimately, we, we, we achieved extraordinary results because I think we cared, and cared is really mm. important in underpinning this wellness and this mindfulness around having a thought about each individual. You know, not everybody likes Maltesers. Some people like vodka, not gin and tonic. So gift them what they need. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. It's interesting what you were saying. I mean, I absolutely endorse that point about the uh, the value of, providing a flexible workplace to incredibly hardworking and talented women and I certainly don't think I could have achieved what I've done with my own agency at Woodread without the, the skills and the quality of, of returning mums actually into yeah. the workplace and uh, um, it, you know I haven't actively sought to employ but I've employed mm. very very competent people who then when they've had family responsibilities have asked to come back in a different capacity and we've always made it work and I can honestly say that the benefits have outweighed the, um, the, you know, the downsides of that over and over and over again. I, you know, I wouldn't, I would, totally. I, I just don't understand people who don't get that. Um, well, in, I in also think, same way I mean, if I, we're going to be honest, if the, the day, yeah, not the daisy, the, the, the people refer in a really rude way to the um, new millennial and um, well, snowflake generation, but truthfully, yes. you know, silly names, right? Mm. Oh, easy, easy, lazy, lazy been, names, really. Yeah, lazy names and really boxing people out and mm. misunderstanding that you, no one person's the same. The the importance of flexibility in this, I think you refer to it as a gig economy, the, the people that are growing up today that have never worked on anything except a laptop from school days onwards, the, the, mm. the transportability, the portability of lifestyle, this I mean, I am delighted because I actually think, you know, corporates are starting to understand that you, you don't do um, well-being at week 
week at work because a week doesn't change somebody's well-being, right? Um, no. You know, I think we have to, you know, to support somebody in their habits. Some people want to be harassed. Some people want to quietly be congratulated. Some people just want a token of respect and, you know, encouragement. Everybody is different. I'm, you know, absolutely passionate about trying to understand the individual's needs. So, you know, in Pacific, there were some people that would, my first business, you know, lots of people had running shoes at work, but some people never had running shoes at work. Why? Because some people did walking around the park meetings, some people didn't, right? In the same way, I don't understand why companies who sponsor charitable events always feel they have to do, you know, um, something dressed in lycra or a sweaty run or a swim because not everybody's an athlete. We had this Mm. brilliant thing at Pacific called Auction of Promises, which is somebody sold their time and effort, an hour of time and effort to another member of staff, and that might be they were a great cook. That might be that they were doing babysitting. That might be the loan of a proper, I don't know, a various, Mm -hmm. an hour of effort. But we would make charity without necessarily, you know, having to change lives. So, again, you know, I learned early that, you had to incorporate everybody and everybody's got different skills. So, you know, and, and I'm not uncommercial and nor is any CEO, but mm. I think hopefully the, the new CEO class is starting to see that shareholder value happens when you have culture, you know, really embedded, cared for culture because the bottom line return on less, you know, staff turnover, on happier people, on people that are motivated and give a toss. Those are the people that come into work with brave new ideas. And those are the people that put time in, not, you know, not necessarily staying work, you know, staying at work and doing long hours. They are the people that demonstrate care. Mm. Mm. And I, I was going to ask you, actually, in the um, synopsis for today's show, we we're talking about a company what how companies can or should look to create um a year-round csr as part of their organization and i i just i I think i know what you mean by that but i wanted to explore that a little bit more with you and and try and understand what what that really means in your um your view lara i'm so i'm completely biased i ought to determine that you know i'm that i've come out and sold a business and for the last seven years once I worked out what I wanted to do I invest in wellness and in products that encourage younger and older people to be outdoors and to get fresh air and that includes you know my extraordinary scent brand scented and kit bricks and a, a sports bag system but I even you know I've invested in a luggage brand because I, I you know I used to get endlessly frustrated with wasting time traveling and sitting watching the merry-go-round of the baggage carousal so gate eight <laughs> solves that problem. I never check in luggage. So my, you know, I'm a time-saving junkie who understands, right. frankly, you know, how very tough it is on on executives of every shape and size to run this extraordinary gauntlet that we now expect, which is the world is a small place and some people are travelling a lot in it. That creates unwellness in itself. So, you know, in answering your question, you know, I see companies employing for good reason you know people with a depth of experience not just in sit-ups you know not just in running a gym in fact you know that we're seeing finally a trend where the kind of in-house gym that's only used by the board and the chief executives is 
dying because that budget is better spent when you do. I mean, Centred actually did an event with Visa uh, where, you know, every member of staff got taught how to deal with stress, how to learn and use breathing as a coping skill. So that is a life skill, right? Mm -hmm. It is a life Mm -hmm. skill that embeds in someone. Everybody, it it applies to everybody. We, We may have stress for different reasons. We may be anxious. We may not even admit to it. But actually what I found really interesting is 56% of people that turned up were the men in the building. Really? And people are talking Gosh. about it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. So, you know, yeah. and then we have, you know, a follow-up program where finally people are understanding that to sleep well at night, you need to plan to have seven and a half hours of sleep because only then do you get recovery. So there are sleep experts like the... You know, previous DJ Tom Middleton, who became an enormous insomniac. And now he's using sound and, and in fact, you know, products and rituals like Centred's products to help people understand and re-educate about digital detox. Now, again, you know, companies have to lead by examples. Sadly, sadly, the hospitality industry is noting that sometimes they have a swimming pool and on holiday... Some people never, ever sit at the pool without being on their mobile phone. So they're not on holiday. You no. know, this, this, and that is, that's coming from the top down. So if you want to do wellness, you know, we've, I'll give you an example. Right now today, Chinese New Year, this morning, I mm-hmm. desperately wanted to send an inquiry to my team in China. But it is mm-hmm. Chinese New Year. Yeah. And I have already put out a communication two weeks ago saying that people are not allowed to email the team in China because if we don't inundate them, then they can have a proper holiday. They are off, right? Mm. Now, when I go Mm -hmm. on holiday as a CEO, we put out an email and we have methodology that allows people to put a word rolling document that is dated that they then reprioritize it so that when they give me their I've been away update, I get a single word document, not 4,000 emails. You know, right. and yes. and actually, I'm not exaggerating by too much. I mean, literally hundreds of emails in a week. So, what are these leading executives? What are individuals doing? Because we all play our part to say, "I'm sorry, but I'm not going to disrupt disrupt you at weekends." There are always exceptions. It is business. Sometimes there's an emergency, but realistically, we need to have downtime. We need to have break time. So, you know. The company policy should be a year-round policy of saying to people, you seem to be habitually working on Saturdays and Sundays. Why? If somebody says, actually, it's because I do cyclocross on a Wednesday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and I'm really sorry. I'm really, I'm, all right, just as long as you're making up the time. But if somebody says, oh, I just can't keep up with my workload, then there's a bigger problem. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I mean, and, and that comes back to your point about you can't cookie cutter people um, because some people actually want to work on a Saturday because they actually take that Wednesday afternoon off to do exactly what you said or whatever it may be. And that and Joe, that's I'm so choice. competitive. You know, I'm so competitive. I want to work on a Sunday evening because it makes me sleep well, but I've already got ahead of the other buggers that haven't. I'm so <laughs> sick in my, you know, but mindful that... If at two o'clock I want to go and do a hit class or a swim or, you know, it doesn't matter, whatever is your flavor. Mm. You know, mm. if you need mm. to go and check on your mother 
on your father because they're ill. You know, if you, I just think, you know, today, in my view, and I don't know anybody that's bought a tech desktop computer, I can't think of anybody, our ability to work with mind over matter wherever we choose to means that the, you know, the systems and the process of the way we used to work has to change. Mm. The, the downside of that, of course, is that, or the, or the one extreme of that is that it becomes a totally always-on culture and an always-on workplace. And people, as you say, that from your, you were describing about the hospitality industry, people recognising that the people that don't ever go to the pool without their piece of tech. Um, but the yeah. actual other extreme of that is that the tech can, if it is used effectively, provide the solutions to, to help people manage that better. So if you, yeah, I mean, if you like, correct. you know, um, if you like to work on a Saturday, you can send emails to people, but they don't actually arrive until core time for those recipients, for example. You yeah, know, so that's also doable, about respecting they? others. Yeah, and I mean, you know, but it's not, it's not just that. It's um, you know, I, th- I think, of course, the world is changing and everybody will say that the world is changing very quickly. Well, you know what? When they invented trains and they put them through fields, the farmers rejected them because it was upsetting the cow and they thought it would be devastating. Move on. Yes. Yes. We need to use technology to the best of our ability. But again, you know, then we need to create boundaries and fences so the cattle don't roam and get mm. killed, you know. Mm. The detox mm. conversation you know, is important, but so is an individual's ability in a culture to feel that they can speak out and have a balanced lifestyle. Um, yeah. You know, in, in we, we've, we, we, it's so positive that more people are aware of the importance of their own physical well-being that, you know, it's kind of rush hour in January. But when did you last see a company say in March, how are you doing on your New Year's resolution or actually let's not have a New Year's resolution. Let's celebrate at a goal that you're willing to achieve. Let's let's have a you know, a notice board that says congratulations to somebody because the mental health, not just the physical health, is is clearly very important. Um and mm. you know, I, I know personally that when I'm I can achieve, I can achieve a lot without sleep but I also know that my body will tell me when I can't but so will my mind because I run out of steam so mm. you know that that freedom to stop inhale and reset you know I'm not sure whether the in-house coffee shop is actually entirely right because fresh air goes an awful long way <laughs> mm. walking around the go out and walk around the block and get a different you exactly. know, sense of different environment so tell me because you obviously work um globally and you you know yeah. you work with different cultures different types of organizations uh, very shapes and sizes and you were saying at the start of this conversation that you think people are beginning to get the importance of this increasingly getting it but but yeah. do you see this more in certain countries certain cultures than others or are you is this something you're taking from your experience globally lara I think different cult. I mean, I've literally just spent, ironically, the weekend, but I, it was a kind of hobby thing. So I was at the um, United States uh, of America triathlon conference. And, of course, they're all oh. nuts. I mean, you know, they even <laughs> yeah. they even had to get up at quarter past six to go for a run in minus two degrees in Colorado Springs. I mean, you know, there were Ooh. markers out for the ice on the road. I, anyway, 
you know, there are extremes, right? And there are different yeah. cultures that do differently. But, you know, I used to have a Chinese factory and we, you know, we drew a basketball court and we got a team of basketball players and we entered the basketball league because that's what the ladies in the factory wanted to do. You know, I now own a yoga company, Yogi Bear, and actually she's a brilliant young entrepreneur who is utterly, utterly passionate about making yoga accessible. So, you know, Yogi Bear will encourage people to practice and do what is right for their flow. And I think this trend of conversation around understanding your flow and when you work best and then mm. having an understanding at the top level of businesses. So I'm an early bird, but I know lots of marketeers that wind me up and they're not early birds and they wind me up because they're not accessible when I want them to be, but they work brilliantly late into the evenings and they're, they're yes. the sort of, you know, there seems to be a sort of, I don't know, school of dodgy, digital, geeky, in a room, work till late in the morning, but, you know, we're all different. So, yeah, yeah. You know, if that person wants to go and practice, you know, yoga in a park at lunchtime, bless, bless them. You know, I see on my, I went, I went to a, it amused me the other day, I went to a cycle class and it was really interesting because it's a 45 minute cycle class, which means somebody has to take more than an hour's lunch break because you have to come and change, do your bike rides. And some people clearly had to leave the room early because they were in a desperate hurry to go and shower and get out right mm, that's mm-hmm. just stressful and yeah it's just insane as long as they're honorable and they stay 10 minutes after the appointed hour and in fact in great cultures people do not clock watch right no the they don't yeah. of a great culture is that you have this sort of happy lunatic asylum of people all growing and learning all sharing you know me encouraging aforesaid overweight accountant to get on his bike me having the bravery to have that conversation because our relationship is good enough without feeling that I'm, you know, walking on eggshells or treading on toes. Mm. So, so tell me, Lara, again, yeah, coming back to the cookie cutter thing, our listeners are very varied. Our listeners range from SMEs, mm. our listeners range from HR heads, operational managers, leaders, all sorts, public, private sector. Yeah. One, one thing they could do what 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 is your main message i think lead by example i think particularly right. with di- digital um you know i mean i i'm very conscious of the workload at the times when i'm really in flow annihilating the digital keyboard <laughs> for want of a better description and i'm dangerous you know and i i'm fully aware that i've made it very very clear to my team on the very rare word time when I use the word urgent I need a response but do you know what I go out of my way not to speak to people on Saturdays and Sundays when I'm on holiday mm-hmm. I go out of my way to demonstrate that I'm not there and that people mm-hmm. have to turn up and make decisions so for me it's you know practice what you preach and demonstrate to others that it's okay to be you know aware of the balanced lifestyle effort and to digitally you know all this language to get off your phone not you know why do we have to call it digital detox it just has Mm. to be the norm (coughs) yeah that's it sorry coughing here um so Mm. so and that that can go every level of a company can't it from team leader with a small group of people um, but it's also communication 
you know, if if a business builds into it this culture where there is this sort of I don't want to use the word religious, but a real determination to continually improve and be better and be the best. You know, the upsides of the freedom that you get out of people that are freely thinking, working on the business, not always being sucked into the business. People who can come and go from meetings where, you know, being at a meeting isn't just a tick box exercise, but it has actionable outcomes. You know, then you're productive. You know, when the difference in the habit between some kind of organizations and others where people are free to speak out and valued and they have a voice. That's where you see transformational change. Hello? Hello. Sorry, we lost we lost Sorry, each other I lost then. You. Yeah, no, never mind. We're we're back. We're back. So I was just saying it's about having the freedom to think creatively, isn't it? And if your mind is absolutely overstressed and overstretched, you just don't you have don't. that space to, to, to think and process Correct. and have ideas and be innovative. Um, I mean, one great. idea, well, just one quick idea. Yeah. One quick idea. If you said to your whole team, we're going to have an innovation day, wherever you go, take a picture of something that you think could add value in your business. That is using modern technology to bring efficiency in and encouraging innovation. Then put the pictures on a wall and decide what can we do about this? What does it mean? Where does it add value? The money upside, so the real commercial outcome value of that freedom to think will pay dividends. Absolutely, that's brilliant. Thank you, Lara. Uh, that's a, a great way to close. I appreciate it. And thank you very much Lovely. for sharing your experiences. Um, and as a sort of timely reminder for our listeners, a date for the diary, which is Tuesday, September the 10th, um, and that's this year's Engage for Success conference. And in line with uh, Lara's um, chat just now, the theme of our conference this year is Engaging Hearts, Engaging Minds. So very timely and, and very appropriate. So put it in the diary and look out for communications and early bird tickets and all of that kind of stuff in due course. Um, and all that really remains is to say, Lara, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers. Engage Take for care. Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.